0: It's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now
1: here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 community managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic,
0: to help you do extraordinary things on ordinary money.
1: And that's it. We're live. Excited to get started here on our very first episode of the Award Travel 101 podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Angie Sparks, and we're going to introduce you a little bit to us and the things that brought us to the Award Travel 101 community and what were some of those things that made us really excited to share those with you. So, As we get started, Angie, welcome back to Award Travel 101 podcast. I'm excited to have this very first episode with you, my partner.
0: I know. This is kind of fun. I'm glad we're finally getting it started.
1: Three years, over three years since the last episode aired. And uh, I'm going to start just with a couple of things about how you got started and and your journey into the award travel space and then we'll flip the script then and, and uh i'll answer a little bit about my journey getting started what were some of the things that you found uh that really brought you to this community that made you interested in travel rewards and loyalty programs
0: so I am a reformed Capital One user. I had bought into their marketing plan whole hog and you could not have convinced me that there was any other option that would be better for our family of four. And so I, my husband and I, we planned to go on a Mediterranean cruise for an anniversary trip and I saved all my Capital One miles. I was, you know, I was set. I was going to erase that whole cruise. And we were going to fly over there in style. And I booked the cruise and went to erase everything. And all those points I had saved barely made a dent. And I was so <laughs> mad. <laughs> so you know how when you're on Facebook and you'll see, oh, Joseph Petrovic likes, I don't know, Buffalo Wild Wings or something yeah. like that. Um, I happened to notice that one of my local friends, she liked Award Travel 101. And I'm like, What's that? And I clicked the button and away I went. I started reading everything. Um, I think within a month, I had signed up for my first real rewards credit card. Um, I got the Chase Sapphire Preferred and I think I got a 50,000 point sign up bonus for it. And when those points hit, I was, I was sold. I was like, what can I get next? <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's so many cool things that we can do with these uh, starting cards, and we'll get into that into a future episode about why we recommend certain cards for members starting first. But you got your Sapphire Preferred, and you um, got excited about that. What kind of things about that particular card or uh, the cards you got uh, subsequently Made you excited to continue?
0: Well, it was kind of a combination of things. I had some really timing, just dumb luck, dumb luck. I got into the hobby pretty hard for this Mediterranean cruise. And, you know, this was back in the day when 100,000 point offers were just super rare. And my husband got an offer for the Amex Platinum for 100,000 points. And it was like, holy cow. And I looked at the annual fee and just about made me want to choke. But then I started looking <laughs> at the benefits and I'm like, well, gosh, you know, we could use, we could use a lounge on this trip. Um, and by this time, our kids were going with us on this Mediterranean cruise. So, you know, I signed up for that card and it just started kind of elevating that the experience for that particular trip. We still had to fly economy because I didn't have any points to book the flight. But we were able to use a lounge before we actually got on that long haul flight. And then, you know, all the other perks and benefits that came along with it. And from there, I just started kind of opening a lot of cards. And I promised my husband as a result, okay, you know, thanks for putting up with me for this crazy new hobby that I have. I promise you that our next big trip, you will fly business class for the first time. Um, so that kind of became my quest to make that happen. And I did. I did. I used the sign-up bonus from several Chase cards, transferred them to United, and we flew business class to Italy. And it was
1: kind of awesome. That is awesome. And so to give us a little bit of background, and you mentioned something about members being able to get these bonuses, and your husband was able to get this 100,000-point bonus on the American Express Platinum card, which just was, it was kind of a rare thing. You know, as I was getting started in travel and loyalty programs, that was, there were two cards that basically had that. And they were, you know, the Sapphire, um, you had the high high entrance Sapphire Reserve offer, and you had the American Express Platinum, Business Platinum, 100,000 point offers, which we see quite a bit of today. I mean, those are not hard to come by. In fact, we know that there are many offers that are much higher than that that if you have a friends referral offer or even certain blogs offers have those uh enhanced hundred thousand plus point offers. So when did you actually get started with this and when did you uh start your journey?
0: Between two thousand fifteen and twenty sixteen, because I know we got the Amex platinum in twenty sixteen, because that was our first American Express card. So I know when, you know, member since um and I think I had gotten the, the chase sapphire preferred before that. Okay. Um, like the previous year. So, you know, I've been doing it now going on eight years, I guess, and I still learn stuff.
1: Every day. Yeah, there's all sorts of things that we learn in the groups. And of course, you know, running a more intermediate and advanced level community, as well as the intro 101 community. But there are things that we learn on both sides, you know, things that maybe we'd forgotten as beginners that, you know, are kind of reintroduced to us in the upper level communities. Whereas you know, there might be more advanced strategies that we've kind of forgotten or never learned in the 101 community. So it's nice to have a broad set of communities to be able to bounce ideas off on. And so you, you did all this and do you remember when about you joined the award travel 101 community?
0: Well, it's hard to tell because I've had to create a separate Facebook (laughs) account. So we can't go based on that history. I want to say I joined though, right as soon as I started the group, because that was the thing that Joe, you know, sent me down the rabbit hole is when I saw that my friend liked it. So I think I clicked and joined the group that day and started, you know, reading and trying to find out all the information. It's like, well, what is this? What's this all about? Because I had read other things. That, you know, we used to do cruises all the time. And on our Mediterranean cruise, I was reading reviews of somebody who did the exact same itinerary, same ship, all that stuff. And there became she did award travel actually. And she had a few comments in her review about, oh well, I flew business class and oh I stopped here and I was able to take a shower in the lounge. And so a little kind of side chat started happening there on on Cruise Critic about, oh, what credit card did you use? And she was using the SPG card. And this was back in the days, you know, when the SPG card was great and earned a whole bunch of points and everybody was raving about it. And again, I went and I looked at it. I'm like, wow, that's just not better than the Capital One card.
1: I'm not going to get that. (laughs) And for those who are uh, brand new to travel rewards and loyalty programs, SPG was a hotel program that existed and was purchased by Marriott uh, back in 2000. I think they made the purchase offer in 2016, but the integration and finalization didn't start occurring until 2018. And uh, then kind of had all went downhill from there. Yeah. So so if yeah. you know the Marriott program now, the uh, SPG program had a lot of luxury hotels that were in that. But as you were saying, that not everybody saw the same values in those. So obviously at that time, that wasn't something that made sense to you.
0: No, it definitely didn't at all. And of course, now I have the legacy SPG card. <laughs> And I'm using Capital One again as well. Um, Well, how about you? How did you get into the hobby?
1: That's really kind of an interesting thing is like, I'd been introduced to travel rewards and loyalty programs, uh, because my wife had always wanted to do more travel. And I was very dead set on making sure our bills were paid. And I kind of looked at credit cards as a very basic tool. So, um, my parents were not big fans of credit cards. They were not fans of credit and debt. So I have a Dave Ramsey household background to that brought me up into this world, I guess. And, uh, so everybody was, uh, pay cash, um, you know, spend all your money before you die and do all these things that, you know, not everybody agrees within the financial industry, but I kind of looked at it as a way my very first rewards card came in 2000, the, towards the end of 2014. And there was a lot of discussion um, between my wife and me, what kind of is funny because it was all over a $95 credit card. And that was the <laughs> United Mileage Plus Explorer card because we had never paid an annual fee. Everything Between my wife and me, and she'd had many cards, but hers were like all store cards from her college days and things of that nature. And and I was kind of debt averse. So the only credit card I had was a discover cashback card. And I had a, I think what was the other one? An American Express everyday, what was eventually became an American Express everyday card. It was something else, and I don't remember what it was at that time. So I did not have any rewards cards until 2014, but kind of in that time, in the uh, early teens, I want to say maybe 2012, 2013, um, we had started paying off lots of debts, and my wife kept saying, "I'd like to travel more." and um, my, my, what I always said to her is, I said, We're not going anywhere until we get everything paid for. We're going to have the house paid for. We're going to have the cars paid for. Oh, we're gosh. not going to be in credit card debt and we're going to, you know, we're going to go out and then we'll, we'll start worrying about travel. And somewhere along the line, I came across a, I think it was maybe a Rolling Stone article and it had this guy named Ben Schlapeg on it who, traveled the world in business class and first class all over the world and he did all these crazy things or at least that's the way the article or my recollection of the article was in my head is that, you know, he did all these things and it was just wild and crazy times. And it's like, huh, that kind of sounds interesting. And then they brought up the word travel hacking and it was a complete stop. <laughs> it was a complete stop. And I said, nah, that's not for me. I don't need any kind of crazy games and I don't need the IRS or the government after me, so I'm going to avoid that. And then, uh, you know, it kind of came back. And my, again, my wife kept saying, hey, I want to travel more. I want to travel more. And we had gone through some tough times where we uh, actually had to borrow. This was back before this. This is like 2000, first recession, seven, eight, nine, ten uh, where we basically borrowed against our credit cards to pay our bills. So Ooh. that was part of the reason that I had been, you know, so much against doing this was because we had barely skimped by and uh luckily, you know, I'm self a self-employed person. Um I ended up uh as self-employed person from my college days, but I did for a while have a full-time position as an automobile salesman which not everybody in the world is in love with. And, uh, uh, you know, the economy turned down. It was 2008, I believe. And I ended up, or was it 2007? I can't remember. It's getting too long ago now. And I'm getting old and forgetting things. But the um, economy just took a crash. It was uh, market started crashing, I believe, in August. We, we closed on uh, the house in, in early August. And then uh, by October, things went downhill, um, and the car sales business kind of came to a halt. I didn't see any customers for a couple of days. We ha- we just bought a house. We had a new baby. We were you know burying ourselves in debt, trying to fix things and do this and that and the next thing. And so again, I was kind of against the credit card world because I looked at it and said. You know all I'm doing is paying somebody else all this interest, and I don't want to be owing anybody anything so that that's a, a backstory to how I hated credit cards and then two thousand and fourteen i I got my first one because again, we had a very lengthy conversation, and we said, you know we wanted to do some more travel, and I happened to have friends across the coast in California. And United happened to be a heavy focus uh, city. They had uh, just purchased uh, Continental. So you had Continental in the Cleveland Hopkins Airport, which is my, what I consider to be my home airport, started flying and started going coast to coast. And um, I said, you know, I'll just be able to save a few hundred dollars here, there with my miles. And then I started reading more blogs and I, I came across the blog that had been talked about many years earlier called One Mile at a Time, which I'd seen from that Rolling Stone article. And I said, oh, this kind of is interesting. And I started reading more and I realized it's not um, some dark area that, you know, it's going to send me to jail. It's travel (laughs) hacking. It's just finding better ways to do things that don't cost you as much money. And of course, credit cards are a big part of that. And so as we went along i found more and more blogs and i found more things that were interesting to me i in 2016 i did the companion pass thing with southwest because i realized that united was not going to get me very far with the the bonus that i got on that particular credit card yeah. and so i i got a personal card and lo and behold you know a few months later i'm reading more and more and realized oh shoot I should have gotten that, you know, at the end of the year and uh, completed these bonuses, but I already did it. So now I got to complete it. So I got a business card and I got the companion pass. And uh, that was one of my first, you know, exciting things. Is like, oh, I got this companion pass and now I'm going to be able to travel all over. But then you start realizing that, you know, companion pass and United, those are two decent starts, but they're not going to get you everywhere you want to go. And um, I started realizing I didn't really know as much as I thought I did. And as I started realizing more and more, I said, I really want to learn more about this, you know, because I was kind of a casual user. I I, I put some spend on, I, I learned a little bit about shopping portals through United and Southwest, and I rented cars through their travel portals so that I earned extra miles and did those kind of things. So I was always kind of interested in it, but we didn't travel enough to warrant uh, some of these other programs, or at least so I thought at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, as again, as time goes on, time goes on, um, I realized I just really wasn't doing. I, I learned more. I was reading tons of blogs by this point in 2017, and I, I said, "How is everybody doing this? There's got to be a better way. Something I'm doing is not right." because I see all these people talking about business class, first class, doing these you know incredible flights around the world. And uh, in 2017, I put myself on a journey to understand travel and loyalty rewards programs better. And I started my own blog, which I thought I was going to teach all my friends and uh, people <laughs> from Ohio how to do travel better and because but I did so
0: much work.
1: <laughs> because <laughs> I, I knew how to do Google flights and I, I'd learned how to work <laughs> Frontiers, uh, you know, low-cost budget carrier program. And I knew all these things and I I real quick learned as I was doing my blog. That's a lot of work. If you ever try to write a blog, no thank trying you. Trying to do that on your own, putting up with uh hackers and bots and things like that. That is not a fun process. But I had it in my goal that I was going to write at least one article a day. And for about two years, I wrote, I think, uh, on average, a little over one article a day on what I'd learned or something that I thought was interesting to share. And, you know, that along the way, I, I found some people actually did meetups. People met up to do this crazy stuff. And from there, I signed up for my very first meetup, which was a frequent traveler university meetup in Seattle. I flew myself out there and realized this is all way over my head. <laughs> do you ever do well, that? Because you- that was
0: the university. That's why.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just thought, man, this is so crazy. Like what people are. Into this and and all of those people. Somebody I think asked, "Has anybody flown Polaris?" And that was a new thing at the time. Was United was introducing their new business class service, and they were calling it Polaris. And all these people raised their hands. It's like, how the heck do these people afford to fly these things? You know, I know the kind of miles I'd started to learn that there are award charts and there are different tools that you can use to book these things. But you're talking about. That tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of points to book just one of these things, and I said, "Why is it that you know I've been doing credit card rewards now for? Again, I started the end of two thousand fourteen. This was the beginning of two thousand eighteen. So I'd been doing it a little over three years, and I hadn't collected much of anything. I, you know, I I, I had some goals I had in mind to save for um, trips for my family. I have two kids. And, you know, that, that adds to the headache when we're talking about travel rewards and loyalty programs and what you have to do to find those specific rewards. But my wife and I sat down one day and we made a, a goal that we, we had three trips we wanted to do before we did any big international trips. And we wanted to do a trip to Lake Tahoe. We wanted to go to the Caribbean and go to the Turks and Caicos. And then we were going to do this trip to Hawaii. And from there, it's just like, how do I do that with the miles that I have? And I started to keep working the United Mileage Plus and saying, I know I can use these programs, but I knew that it wasn't the best way. And along came my second meetup in Vegas. And I went to a meetup called Zorkfest, which was run by one of our community members, Michael Traeger of Travel Zork. And I met Richard Kerr there. And Richard Kerr happened to have been. One of my favorite writers on The Points Guy, and he's the person who started this whole award travel one-on-one community back in 2014. And it just kind of went from there. I got involved into the community. I started asking tons of questions. I'm sure I got talked about in the back because I kept asking all these basic (laughs) questions over and over and over again. But I wanted to learn. I wanted, you know, I wasn't somebody who'd had long travel experience. I, I wasn't a road warrior. I was not a business traveler. I did not do all these kind of things that a lot of our uh, members have. And, but I wanted to understand how to do these things better, if nothing else, so that sometime in the future when I was able to accrue some of those balances and those higher point requirements needed to fly some of those planes and aspirational Flights and products and things like that, that I'd be able to. And it was, uh, you know, it was just like, I'll store that in my memory for later. And we continued on. I I kept asking questions. I asked more and more questions. I attended more seminars. Uh, I went to the Chicago seminars in 2018. And then I went to the award travel 101 advanced group meetup in Georgia, where I met lots of uh, other community members specific to Award Travel 101.
0: I'm still and so mad I didn't go to that. Ugh, that was so, so much bad. fun.
1: Uh, we went to Richard's hometown. The, we met a ton of people. And I was like, man, this is really cool. And there are other people here in the community that they've been around a lot longer than me. Many have been around a lot longer than me. But some are you know newer to the field just like me. And we're all trying to learn together. It was uh, That was kind of where my... The ball started really rolling for me, and I started developing some friendships with people. And eventually, at some point, I was asked to moderate for the community a little over three years ago, three and a half years ago or so. And I, so <laughs> here we go. A year later, I go from, you know, asking all these questions to presenting at one of the advanced meetups. Presented a topic on how to find flights, how to track down award space, how to stock uh, different programs and, and brand new flights to find those hard to find award flights. And I kind of did my the goal that I had with my wife. You know, I said earlier that we'd set a goal to Lake Tahoe, set a goal to Turks and Caicos, we set a goal to Hawaii. And I kind of did it all out of order. I ended up... I was going to say, I know you went to Hawaii, but I don't think you went to the other two yet. Did you? I, I have done... Uh, we did manage to do Turks and Caicos, and that was probably... That was my very first international flight, albeit not a big international flight. But for us, it was kind of a big deal because not only that, it was our big first trip away from the kids. And oh. we never traveled anywhere before. I had booked business class flights on United, and... We ended up looking back at it today. It certainly was not our best redemption, but <laughs> it was a better redemption than what it was through United. And I ended up using the American Express Business Platinum uh, travel portal with a 35% bonus back. And it was far superior to the award rates that United was asking for. It just it probably wouldn't be the way that I would look to do that today.
0: Right. Did you have a hard time using your points when you first started booking your award travel? You it know, was like, okay, well, I want to go here. Yeah, I, I was stingy.
1: I didn't want to use them. Yeah, no. So that was that's a great question. And um, yeah, it was very hard to let go of those because I wasn't earning a ton. I wasn't signing up for lots of cards. I didn't I'll learn a lot of the things about the portals and uh, other tools that are available to us to earn points as quickly as many others in the community. And I think at the time I burned, uh, it was around 150 some thousand uh-huh. American Express points for the two of us to fly there and back. And of course, I got some of that back. It, it ended up netting out around 110,000 points but I think I only had maybe 160 170,000 points at that point when I booked that and so that pretty much completely depleted my membership rewards balance and it was it was like ooh you know that was hard to swallow because I knew that there were other things that you could do with those I just I didn't see any of those in my future and it was something that I didn't know really what would be possible as we went along and I just said, you know, this is something we want to do. I know it's in front of me and I did it. It wasn't the best redemption, certainly looking at it now, but I've been lucky in that I found these communities. I found ways to earn more points. Thankfully, along the way, there have been a lot of great offers over the last two years. And I now have seven-figure balances in most of these programs to be able to do so much more. So we did that Hawaii trip and, uh, and, and it was off. It that was really where it took off for me as I find that was my first transfer bonus where I transferred Virgin Atlantic to book Delta One flights nonstop from Detroit to Honolulu. I talked about the fact that I did a presentation in Houston for one of the advanced meetups and it was, uh, about stocking down a flight because I knew that. There was going to be a flight from Detroit, which was close to my hometown, not too far of a drive that flew nonstop that they were going to be starting. And I knew that oftentimes when you find that new route, you can find better business class award availability. And I really wanted to take my family to Hawaii, but my wife said, there's no way I am going there unless we have lie flat seats. So good luck. (laughs) And one day she came home and I said, guess what? We're going to Hawaii. And that was, we're off on the races. Yeah,
0: contrast that to when I went to Hawaii from Florida, we flew (laughs) AirTran. And we were not in the front of the plane. So it was a long, painful flight. It was worse though coming back because on the way going out there, at least you're like, you're excited. On the way back, oh, dang, That, that was hard. It was just hard and I've not been back. I think I'm traumatized. A lot
1: of people say rest in peace to Airtran because uh, as as bad as that may have been, there are, at least they had first class seats that you could purchase. People that ended up buying Airtran many years ago, probably about 10-ish, maybe even 10 plus years ago now is Southwest and they basically... got rid of all the planes. They got rid of first class. And and I guess if you love Southwest, you know, then maybe it was a good call. But I know that there are a lot of people who like AirTran better.
0: Yeah, well, not for economy all the way to Hawaii. (laughs) Let's just say that.
1: That might have been a long trip. But you know, (laughs) the thing is, this is some a topic that comes up here and so let's talk a little bit about it. you said not on an economy and you know as we start to build up our balances I think this is this will be fun to talk about more as we progress in the podcast but at what point does it change from economy to business class uh, Nick Reyes over at frequent miler recently had an article talking about this and it was something that interested me because I always look at flying as a privilege and I think that many of us, you know, we get started and, and we're just like, how can we fly more? Should we, f- or should we fly more? Should we fly more in economy and save those miles and points? Or should we, you know, be working on aspirational flights more and business class and first class? And what is your, your spot where you look at it and say, I'm flying business or I'm flying first or, you know, this is not a good deal for me. So, you know, as much as I don't want to fly, economy, I'm going to do it because I just won't pay the business class price.
0: Well, so I live in, I live in Tampa, so it's a non hub city. So pretty much I'm going to have to position to get anywhere, which means I'm doing, you know, maybe a three and a half hour flight or a two and a half hour flight. And then I get off the airplane, I go hang out in the lounge. And then I get on for another, I don't know, three and a half hours. There are very few, there's like one United flight all the way to San Francisco every day. I think one Delta flight all the way to LA every day. We've got a few internationals nonstops. So if I'm flying domestically, I'm pretty much just going to fly economy. It's not worth it for the experience because I don't have like, I don't have life flat long haul out of Tampa. So it's not worth it for the experience to spend the extra points for a domestic first class product. If they offer me a really nice, you know, here, pay for first class, here's, you know, for $150 or something, well, I might do that. But for the most part, I'm going to use my miles for economy. And I fly Southwest a lot just because I've got a lot of Southwest points now and um, I can can get more nonstops on them. I fly pretty much Southwest and American. Um, domestically, but as I've gotten older, I discovered this. My husband had a meeting in um Van where was it in Vancouver, I think. And we had a companion pass with our Alaska Airlines card. And you know, I was all excited. I'm like, okay, so we'll get your ticket reimbursed because it's a business expense. We'll use the companion pair for me. so since mine don't get reimbursed, so this will be great. And we ended up having to change our flight for some reason. And I had lucked out and had first class on the way back. But on, when we had to change it, all that was available was economy. And I don't even think we had extended legroom seats. I think it was just straight up economy. And we are not short people. So sitting on that plane from Seattle to Tampa for six hours, I got off the plane and I immediately unsubscribed from like all of the, you know, cheap flights and this thing (laughs) and all these deals. I'm like, I don't care if it's two hundred dollars. I am not flying to Beijing in economy. I can't even do cross country anymore. So based on the height thing and long legs and an old creaky back, um, pretty much five and a half hours is my cutoff for where I will sit in economy. I did five and a half hours to Iceland last summer, and we had extended legroom seats, and it was miserable. And I was kicking myself the whole time, going, "I should have gone ahead and paid for first class. I don't care." I should have. <laughs> so anything that's going to be international is going to be in pretty much international. I don't, you know, Mexico. I did that in economy. Anything across one of the oceans that's going to be in business class. As far as aspirational, there are a couple that I would really like to do. And I am doing a couple of them. I have them booked for this year and I spent extra points just so I could actually take those flights Um, because I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I've gotten a few, I've got a lot of signup bonuses the last couple of years and my husband hasn't been traveling as much. So I have got a nice healthy balance of points. And this is something I really, really wanted so it's probably not the greatest redemption on the planet, but I'm real excited. I can check these boxes off and I'll tell y'all about them on another podcast, what they are.
1: Yeah, we're, we'll be talking a little bit more about your upcoming trip. Uh, and it's uh, going to be a safari trip as well. So that'll be exciting for our next podcast. But I want to talk about one more thing. And you brought something up that made me uh, think about how you kind of. Hacked travel in a different sort of sense. And you just mentioned using that those companion passes or things like that, is that you kind of made you made uh, trips out of your husband's business trips. So Mm -hmm. you you turned a lot of your uh, husband's business trips into, you know, places where you could have a, a fun personal trip as well. So tell us a little bit more about that. And what Got you onto that track because I'm betting there are a lot of other people that are listening here that could do something that may not have thought about that in that way or using that kind of methodology.
0: So he's in a couple of different um, professional organizations. One of them has meetings all over the state of Florida, four times a year, once out, one, and then one time out of state. And then he's in this other organization that's, it, that's an international organization, and they have meetings three times a year, usually one West Coast, one somewhat in the middle of the country, and then one East Coast. And I will look at the calendar, and I've got actually the calendar for the next two years. I know where their meetings are. And I'll go through that calendar and be like, okay, that's boring. <laughs> that's boring. Oh, <laughs> look at that one. That would be a really nice vacation to do. So the way his firm, where he is now, his his airfare gets reimbursed. His hotel for the conference gets reimbursed. Nothing for me gets reimbursed. So if there's a way that we can piggyback a vacation off of one of these meetings um, and see someplace cool that I've always wanted to go to. So that's what we did for Vancouver. We'd actually been in Vancouver before at the end of an Alaska cruise, but I'd never been to Whistler. So we went up and spent a few days up in Whistler. Well, he had Marriott status. And I also try to make certain that when he has these meetings, we will stay at hotels that either he has status or that he can earn, you know, to get more status versus staying at the conference hotel if it's real close by, because, you know, if we're four blocks away and it's pouring rain and he has to go to his meetings, he will not be a happy person. Yeah. But he had Marriott status at the time, and we went and stayed four nights at a Weston up in Whistler and um used points and had a nice little vacation out of it. And because he was platinum, we got all kinds of benefits and perks from it and then went to Vancouver. And for that, basically, we paid for my airfare and food that was about it. So that was kind of a a really good deal there. And we do that a lot around Florida. I I look at what the out-of-state meeting is and decide, is that something that we want to go to or not? And we don't always take advantage of them. Sometimes they just, they don't fit from a schedule standpoint or they're going places that, yeah, it's a cool place, but I've been there three times. I just do not feel the need to go back and do it again. So I try and capitalize by using a companion fare I don't want to use points for my flight and then pay for his because we'd be on two separate records at that point. I generally have the credit cards that give us free check bags. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're going to go on one of these meetings, we have to we got to check a bag because we've got I've got multiple pairs of shoes. I've got dresses. I've got you know touring outfits. It's, I've got a lot of stuff. Thank God for packing cubes. <laughs> but so I don't want to I don't want to book points for me and then put him on a paid ticket. So we'll just suck it up and pay that. And and there are some benefits that are on cards that have gone away that, you know, we can mourn those another day that I used to use those to really capitalize on this. And I try to really maximize hotel status and car rental tax and things like that. Yeah, so, and
1: all, all of that is uh, crucial to rounding out the whole award travel vacations if you want to look at it and... A lot of people say, well, how did you do all that? Well, you know, it's years of experience in learning this trick or this hack or, you know, understanding that you can have a car rental discount with perhaps your company. There's a lot of different ways that you can find savings that you may not have thought of before. And that's what I really love about Award Travel 101 and the community is that it really gets you to think about things in a different way. Than you perhaps had before, and really starts enhancing your travel. So, we'll wrap this up here on our very first episode of the Award Travel 101 podcast. I wanna thank everybody for tuning in. You can find us in the Award Travel 101 Facebook group. We're closing in on 90,000 members who love traveling the world for less using their miles and points and all of the tips and tricks that we find in the group. Angie, thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time. We'll
0: see you next time. Bye.
1: Take care.